0: Any more, no more announcements? We'll go ahead and worship.
1: Good morning, there. Well, we will have to be small but mighty. Um, actually, there was, I, I meant to bring it in, ready. Uh, but we need to keep our sister, I, she was there. She is. Uh, we need to keep our sister Dixie in our prayers. Uh, you're having throat surgery Friday. Is that how it is? So we'll uh uh pro throat surgery on friday and we'll pray that that uh, go, goes well and recover quickly and things like that so all right so let's go ahead, let's go ahead and stand for this first set of songs and uh, uh feel free to just sing out as wildly as you want so <clears throat> I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, I will sing of you among the peoples, for great is your love, reaching to the heavens, your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, let your glory be over all the earth, be exalted, over all the earth. Lord, the light of your love is shining in the midst of the darkness shining. Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us. Set us free by the truth you now bring us. Shine on us. Shabbat! children of the Heavenly King, but children of the Heavenly King may speak their joys abroad, may speak their joys abroad. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. thousand sacred sweets (coughs) before we reach the heavenly fields before we reach the heavenly fields or walk the golden streets or walk the golden streets we're marching to Zion beautiful beautiful Zion we're marching upward to Zion the beautiful city. Then let our thoughts abound and every tear be dried. We're marching through
2: Emmanuel's town,
1: We're marching through Emmanuel's crown To fairer worlds on high. To fairer worlds on high. We're marching to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, on the beautiful city of God. Amen. Be seated, please. <coughs> uh, bow with me, if you would our father and our God we we thank you today we thank you for your son for his sacrifice for his blood that washes us free of sin and white as snow father we are thankful we can meet together father we ask that you inspire us that you encourage us that you help us to encourage our brothers and sisters that you help us to reach out to a lost world father we Praise you, and we love you, and we lift your name on high, and we thank you so much for your son. It is through his name we pray. Amen. <coughs> we'll use these uh, next set of two songs to prepare our minds today. Oh Lord, you're beautiful. Your face. Precious Lamb of God, Messiah, hope for sinners.
2: And very, very precious, a tremendous gift that we enjoy because of Jesus, because Jesus took it upon Himself for all of our sins, all of them, and now we have this tremendous <clears throat> gift that we enjoy as we look forward eternal life. He gave it to us. Almighty God gave it to us through his Son. God loves us so very much that he would do that for us. Let's remember Jesus and what he did here on earth for us in uh, sacrificing himself daily in the most crude and tough ways. He endured all kinds of things on our behalf, horrible things, and He died for us on the cross. Let's remember His life and through this piece of bread, a very small piece of bread, let us remember His life. And you bow with me? Almighty God, you are so gracious and so merciful to us to include us in your family. Thank you, Father, for your son, Jesus, that you would do that for us. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did in teaching us and showing us a better way and bringing us a new covenant Brought us into the presence of Almighty God. Thank you. remember Jesus dying on the cross for us that his blood for the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We've been blessed beyond our nations really every day God looks after us watches over us blesses us with safety and, and and much he has he's blessed us also with good health yes some of us are dealing with issues of health right now but by and large God blesses us with Good health with homes and plenty of food to eat and takes care of us <clears throat> and we need to give back part of what we have through our money to uh, keep this church here operating and to help others in the community and far beyond and somewhere there's a, a basket out on the warrior in the table on the table where you can place your contributions would you bow with me please almighty god again we pray and give thanks to you through jesus we we offer our words of thanks but also we lift our hearts up
1: John five thirty, by myself i can do nothing i judge only as i hear and my judgment is just for i seek not to please myself but him who sent me and philippians 4 13 i can do all this through him who gives me strength
0: I'm sorry, I thought we had another song and I had time to get this ready, sorry. By way of introduction, um, what you see there is the same as what I have here, but there are notes here that I need to look at. So I'm gonna be up and down and I apologize, but hopefully the word will come through. Grateful for all of your presence here today. Um, My encouragement to us as a family, When you go home, call somebody that you miss. They're not here. Call somebody. Tell them that you love them. See if they need anything. And tell them, I can't wait until you can come and worship with us together. I am blessed that you're here. And I'm grateful that you're here. Let's make sure that we we, we reach out as well. All right, let's see how this is going to work. There was a farmer who had some puppies. He needed to sell them. So he painted a sign advertising his his four pups and staked it near the edge of the yard. As he went on to nail the sign to the last post, he felt a tug on his overalls. He looked down into the beaming eyes of a little boy, wearing a big smile. Mr. He said, I want to buy one of your puppies. Well, said the farmer, these puppies come from fine parents and they cost a great deal of money. The boy hung his head for a minute and he reached down deep into his pockets and he grabbed all the change there and he held it up to the farmer and he says, I've got 39 cents. Is that enough to take a look? Sure, said the farmer. And with that, He let out a whistle and called out, Dolly, here, Dolly. Out from the doghouse and down the ramp ran Dolly, followed by four little balls of fur. The little boy's eyes danced with delight. But as the dogs made their way to the fence, the little boy noticed something else, making a stir inside the doghouse. Slowly, another little ball appeared This one was noticeably smaller. Down the ramp it slid. Then, in an awkward manner, the little pup began hobbling towards the others, doing its best to catch up. I want that one, I want that one, said the little boy, pointing to the run. The farmer knelt down at the boy's side and said, son, you don't want that puppy. He'll never be able to run, these other dogs would. With that, the boy stepped back from the fence, reached down and began rolling up one leg of his trousers. As he did so, he revealed a steel brace that on down both sides of his leg. When I was getting ready for this today, it made me do this. <clears throat> Sorry. The braces rang down his leg, attaching Sells to specially made shoe. Looking back up at the farmer, he said, you see, sir, I don't run too well myself. And he's going to need someone who understands. With tears in his eyes, the farmer reached up, picked up the little pup holding it carefully He added it to the little how much? asked the little boy. No charge, said the farmer. There is no charge for love. Those of us who have attended here for a long time remember Silas Shotwell. If I ask for a show of hands, I'm thinking that maybe four, five, ten. Okay, show of hands. Here we go. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, seventeen. Seventeen. While Silas was with us, the congregation was meeting on uh, Okanagan Avenue. And I don't know how many people that church held Bob, Do you know? Numbers-wise, hundred, hundred and fifty. I would think there were just two rows like this right that went front to back so maybe let, let's say 200. Um, Silas was um, a very blessed speaker he has a deep voice much deeper than mine and where I'll pause Silas from the moment he started until the end was a smooth, deep voice sharing the love of God. He was really a good preacher. He was really good. Now, I'm borrowing this sermon today from Silas. I'm going to tell you in advance, so that you you know why I'm reading it, is I'm going to use 99% of what he said, exactly as he said it, because I can't say it that good. I can't. I will sneak something in there every once in a while just to prove to you that I have work to do that. Like <laughs> I gotta open up my computer now because I'm gonna be going back and forth. We'll see how it works. Time out. I'm not going to be changing that, but work with me it. It. here. Wow. That's too fast right. the church has lost some of its first century evangelism. This is evidenced by the lack of New Testament growth. Talk about King's Orchard. We were 200 on Okanagan Avenue. We moved here and I think, We probably averaged between 365 and 385 for a time, and we are what we are here today. We do not think in terms of multitudes being converted. At best, we have additions, but never multiplications. Our minds cannot conceive a present day Pentecost where three thousand would be baptized at one time. Three thousand. Excuses for our present impotence are legion, times of change, denominationalism has counterfeited true Christianity. People are too prosperous. Christians are not as committed, etc, etc. But somehow excuses do not suffice. There must have been problems in the first century too. The world was still the world. Christians were Christians. The gospel was the gospel. Why the change? What would first century Christians do if given our time and our place? Could they still reach the multitudes? Could they do an even better job with the added help of printing presses? Computers? (laughs) Computers, <laughs> computers, radio, TV, telephones, rapid means of travel. What would have happened in the first century if they had relied on pulpit sermons on evangelism? Sorry. Personal work, training classes, charts and film strips, door-to-door campaigns, and committees. We've done all of that. We've done all now to this verse that i've had up there for too long i'm sorry but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about jesus wherever they went wherever they went different version reads that they were scattered abroad the believers were scattered abroad and they went everywhere preaching the word notice it it says the believers, it, it does not say this is the apostles or professionals. matter of fact, the professionals stayed home and the members preached wherever they went. This is not the way things are done today. The failure to somehow motivate and train members has resulted in the lack of growth in the church. Personal work has become a work for professionals. Personal meaning one-on-one, etc. become work for professionals. It has its own language with terms like cottage meetings, prospects, closing the sale. The stereotyped personal worker must be a student of human nature as well of the world, as as well as the world. He must know the enemy and therefore have a thorough knowledge of denominations, cults. And virtually every ism. There's a lot of isms. He must be skilled in argument so as to stay on the offensive and adequately stand up for the truth. He must also be a first rate salesman. His persuasive ability must be surpassed only by his unending reserve of mem- memorized proof tests. It's no wonder that so few people in the church talk to others about the gospel. Excuses might be, I'm not a salesman. I'm not a theologian. I don't know enough. These statements may be honest reactions to an overemphasis on professionalism. Those New Testament Christians who went everywhere preaching the word, remember from the text, they went everywhere. They weren't professionals. They went. They taught. And they helped to spread the borders of God's kingdom. In order to restore New Testament growth, remember the 3,000 baptisms in one day? One day. In order to restore the growth, we must be willing to change our approach. Three pertinent questions need to be asked. In New Testament evangelism. What kind of men were they? The men that went out. What was their message and what were their methods? That's what I want to talk to you about today. We will begin first with what kind of men they were. Jesus began the expansion of his ministry by calling four fishermen. He said to them, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, I'm reading a different version than what I have on here, but I wanted you to see both, but I didn't have time to put both of them down. Sorry, this is my error. It is significant that when Jesus called men who were later to be apostles, he did not select them from the priests, the Levites, or the Sanhedrin, he chose common men rather than professionals. He chose ignorant men rather than scholars. He chose them not for what they were, but for what he could make them. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he worked with the common. He used children to teach disciples, a Samaritan woman to teach her friends, and a cured demoniac to teach a city even when a scholar like paul entered god's ministry he spoke not with excellency of speech or of wisdom but he came in weakness in fear and in much trembling paul did did those who went everywhere preaching the word were also common people it was not their own strength but God's that enabled them to turn the world upside down. Preachers and personal work directors alone will never win the world to Christ. They have unique equipping ministry, but it is the average Christian who has the best opportunity to teach the laws. I asked how many were here when Silas was here. How many of you, you just got to close your eyes and do this, but I want you to do this. How many of you are average Christians? Well, members of the church are strategically located. Their daily example and words appropriately spoken when God opens the door of opportunity will reach more of the lost than will be reached from pulpits. In other words, right here is pulpit. It's kind of a low pulpit. Pulpit. But this isn't where people are going to be reached. Put yourself in the place of the lost person. To whom are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the live clergy, scholar, salesman who answers your questions before you even ask them and knows your needs better than you know them? Or would it be to the unpretentious friend who has gained your trust through his own example Simply shares with you what faith in God means to him. That's something every one of us in here can do. Everyone. It's not preaching, it's sharing with what faith in God means to you, to someone else. God wants men today who are more aware of their own weaknesses than their strength He wants men to know that of their own selves They can do nothing That was our text as as we started But who also know that they can do all things through Christ which strengthens many of you have used that text in your life. How many of you? When I was a college student, moved away from my family in Santa Clara, California, went to Washington State University to play football and get an education.
2: Uh,
0: and I was taken in by the Church of Christ in Paul. I was taken take in. And I was encouraged to read Philippians. And when I got to 413, I got it. I got it. I can do this, Lord. Up till then, I wasn't sure. I got it. That's written to me, it's written to you. It's written to all of us. We can do all things, everything. When people put themselves in God's hands, he's going to use them. First century evangelists were common people who put their trust in God. What kind of men were they? They were common people who put their trust in God The same kind of people are needed today Secondly, what was their message? When Paul went to Corinth, he determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified he did not want the Corinthians' faith to stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. To the Romans, he said that the gospel of Christ—I'm sorry—to the Romans, he said, "The power of God unto salvation to overcome that believe in." To the Jew first, and also to the Greek. I read that first sentence to the Romans. He said that the gospel of Christ was the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And you can see again that there's just a little bit difference in the, the translations. What is contained in that gospel? What's in there? First century growth cannot be hoped for without a first century message word gospel means good news. Good news is easy to tell. Everyone likes to talk about their new grandchild. I see you grinning. I'm not the only guilty person in here. Everyone likes to tell about a raise in pain. Hey, did I tell you? Got a raise. I'm retired. I don't get it. A clean bill of health from the medical checkup. When, when we are the age that we are, by average, in here, that's good news. That's good news. The good news of the gospel is far greater than any of these things. It tells what God has done for man through Christ. Paul's definition of the gospel in First Corinthians fifteen is in First Corinthians fifteen. 1 through 11. The essence of that is Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The simple message of God's grace led thousands on Pentecost to say what shall we do? Response to the good news Enabled the Ethiopian eunuch to go on his way rejoicing It caused the course of paul's life to be completely changed The very nature of the good news perhaps Motivated multitudes of the first century christians to go everywhere preaching the word I ask a question this one don't raise your hands to We go everywhere live here in this community, we go visit our children in other states, we go visit our parents in other states, are we preaching the Word when we do that? Perhaps the lack of such a message today is one of the primary reasons why more people are not evangelists many of us have replaced the good news with bad news instead of joyfully announcing to the world what god has done through christ we've scolded the world for what god has done i'm sorry we've scolded the world for its weakness and sin without ever offering solution rather than lighting a candle fear them speak. We have cursed the darkness. Still others of us have replaced the good news with good views. We have relied on logic and philosophy instead of the simple power of God's saving gospel. We've tried to reason people into the kingdom of God. We have implied that becoming a Christian is accepting a list of doctrines rather than responding to God's love. The first century message was a message of good news. What was their message? It was a message of good news. Third, what were their methods? Today, we are often method-oriented. How-to books are usually sellers. When someone else is successful, we want to know what their technique One of the reasons our evangelism has been inadequate is because we have been too concerned with methods and not as interested in men or message. Our personal work training classes have stressed mechanics. There are people who have a room full of projectors, charts, diagrams, but have never led one person to Christ. On the other hand, picture the average new convert. He is happy, excited, running all around. In his feeble and untrained way, he tells people about his new discovery. Without training, without a method, he does what we are unable to force people to do. His is a sharing process rather than one selling or debating. When one has something to share, he will share it. If he does not, all the training in the world won't help. The truth needs to be proclaimed more than it needs to be defended. It can defend itself. The message will provide methods. When one is filled with the good news of the gospel, he will overflow. Sharing the gospel is not like selling insurance. It's not like defending the Democratic platform over the Republican. <clears throat> Excuse me, I just have to cleared my throat. There's nothing now. It is not like contrasting Mormonism
2: and Catholicism. When Jesus came,
0: the Word became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. In a sense, this is what must happen with us. We are touched with the gospel message. We respond. We are transformed. We proclaim. We do not boast of ourselves, but of the word and of its power. The non-formal, non-formal, argumentative, personal profession of faith is the most powerful proclamation of the Word. The non-formal, non-argumentative, personal profession of faith is the most powerful proclamation of the Word. Our own attitudes and lives underline the truth. It's premature to emphasize methods without first emphasizing the message and the messenger. We will not create evangelists with methods. When a person does not share Christ, he needs more than a method. When a congregation is not evangelizing, he needs more than a program. The first century method was sharing. The same methods needed today. The challenge for today's church is to put our trust in the simplicity and power of the first century gospel with the conviction that it is still the power of God unto salvation. We will share it with fantastic results. I sincerely hope. That in the words shared today, from Silas Shotwell, that we can see, I can do that. More importantly, I need to do that. And then watch the results. This congregation began on Okanagan Avenue, peak size about 200. Those 200 men and women of who some of us were blessed to raise our hands saying we were there, we were there. We got to take part in the construction of this building. It's a wonderful building, but you know what? You know what? If we're not proclaiming the gospel in our actions and in what we do and say, We missed it. We missed it. This building, when we walk out, it's just a building. But, you put 385 Christian souls in here again, and you wonder how we ever could have let it get away. Don't look back and say, how did we let it get away? look ahead by using first century evangelism. Do those things. Those three points. First century evangelists were common people who put their trust in God. We all do, and we can. Put our trust in God. First century message was a message of good news. The same kind of message is needed today. Good news. And finally, this one, sorry. First century evangelists were common people who put their trust in God. sorry i'm confused and i'm going to quit looking at that so i don't look at that we started today by looking at a uh, or seeing a short story about a young boy who was crippled who went to buy a puppy for 39 cents and guy tried to talk him out of it. And the little boy says, look, I'm, I'm just like his. I'm just like his. And he was given the puppy because of his love for that animal. All right? We are given our salvation because of our love for Jesus Christ and how it is manifested in our daily lives. How do we love others? I'm not ashamed to have shown you my emotion on that story. For all I know, it's not a true story, but it sure knocks me down every time I read it. I promise you, I've read it probably five times. And then as I went through the thing last night to read it out loud, I couldn't finish it. And I slobbered over it here today. But let's take that. Let's take that. Can we have that same emotion about sharing the love of God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with people we come in contact with? you don't have to be an evangelist you don't have to be a missionary what you have to be is a child of god and share the information thank you for your kind attention thank you for your smiles and if you shed a tear or two thank you for that as well the lesson is yours. Let's put it into work.
1: Uh, Let's go ahead and stand together. We'll sing our closing song. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Things that are so glad and free. Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. I am resolved to go to the Savior, leaving my sin and strife. He is the true one, he is the just one, He had the words of love.
0: attention. Thank you for being here. I challenge you this afternoon to please contact just one or two of our brothers and sisters that are not here. Call them. Tell them that you love them. Find out if they need anything. And let's relish in the love that Jesus Christ has for each one of us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice on our behalf. Father, please enable each one of us to be ambassadors for you and for Christ in where we live and what we do, in our workplace, uh, in the community, in the stores. Help us, Father, to be living examples. And help us, Father, to not be afraid to speak of the love we have for you why it's so important that people we meet get to know Jesus and accept him and receive the eternal life. Thank you Father for loving us. Be with us as we go now. Keep us safe until we can return again. In Christ's name.